to Tabletop Game Talk, On Topic, a show where we talk about tabletop gaming topics of all kinds. I'm one of your hosts, Fletcher. I'm Kitty. And I'm Chris. Today, we're talking about painting board game miniatures. Chris says he painted 116 miniatures since we last recorded. How? Why? How long did it take? Is this just a topic Chris can use to make all that time spent seem worth it? Probably, but we'll see. But first, as always, a thank you to our Patreon friends of the show, Adam Harrison and the Gift of Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, which is now open, by the way. And a huge thank you to all of our other patrons as well. Um, quick reminder, we're on Zoom. Uh, go to tabletopgametalk.com slash live, Mondays at 8.30 typically, and you will be able to join us and watch us like all of our best favorite people in chat right now. Yep. So, yeah. No, there are favorite people in chat. Hello, favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how was you guys this weekend? Good. I got a puppy. It didn't seem all that different. Oh, the puppy's there? <laughs> yeah, puppy's here. The puppy has arrived. I'm so excited. Yeah, she's very cute. She's a English cream golden retriever, which is like a golden Aww. retriever, but white. How's so parenthood? Cute. It's tough. <laughs> 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 you have to keep an eye on the puppy at all times. It just wants to chew on everything and like pee everywhere yeah they and do poop. grow out of that eventually yeah and of course like we're trying to crate trainer which you know is terrible on your soul because you put her in there <laughs> yeah. and she starts to like whimper and cry and yip and it's like i feel like the worst human ever it is hard to crate train when you're also stuck at home so typically if you're leaving because that's the other thing too is you want to work on separation anxiety so you want to put her in the crate and actually leave so that she's okay with you leaving and coming back but if you never leave in these formative years, you're going to have some major separation issues. That's what we heard. Like, later. we should just, like, go on a walk. Like, put her in the crate and, then like, yeah. go on a walk for, like, 30, 40 minutes and come back. Yep. Chris had to hear my dog's separation anxiety <laughs> woes for months. Yep. But and now he doesn't care less when we leave the house. Yeah. Well, I mentioned it before. I mean, I spent five years as an adoption counselor. So there's a lot of... A lot of you, there's a lot to do in the first six months. Yeah. So it, sure. it eventually becomes worth it. Um, but it's a lot to do in the first six <laughs> I months. I think it's <laughs> always worth it because they're so cute when they're puppies. It's hard to be mad at them for destroying your couch cushions or eating your Ugg boots or what else has my dog destroyed? There's so many <laughs> Gnawing things. anything wood that they can get oh, out, their teeth on. Yeah. That's why we're doing crate training because if we left the puppy alone, it would just chew on everything. Yeah. Yeah, eventually yeah, you start to think that, like, you don't need to crate them the entire time you're gone all the time. And that's when the worst losses happen. That's like, what I've heard, too. It. And it's like, always just crate them. Like, when you're going to, when you can't watch them or they're not, ar- you're not around, just crate them. Eventually they grow to yep. and I would reckon, enjoy the crate. Yeah, I'd recommend not putting the crate in, your be- crate in your bedroom either at night. So that is another opportunity to leave and let her, he or her, he or him. Him or her. 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 Pay attention, Chris. Let her g- get used to you not being in the room all the time. Well, uh, so Yeah, also, if you our- put the crate in your room, eventually you'll end up with a 65-pound dog sleeping in your bed, because that's our problem. <laughs> <laughs> we were hearing, we heard, like, like maybe in the beginning, like, putting the crate in your bedroom, because, the like, the puppy is still there, and it can see you, and, like, it can still hear you and stuff, and like, maybe eventually we'll move it somewhere Smell else, you. But- it's right now. It's in the bedroom. Yeah. yeah. I would say try to break that as early as you can 
Um, it's so hard to hear them cry at night, though. Yeah. No, and I, I 100% agree. Try Sleep training a baby is the same way. Oh, my gosh. I had an easier time sleep training the baby than the dog. <laughs> Don't know what that says about me. I think it means my kid was better at sleeping than my dog. But <laughs> Yeah, but yeah. Now, speaking of parenting, Zachary's first day at daycare was today, or back to daycare. Back to daycare, yeah. Yeah. So he was excited. He's getting to the point where just in the past few days, he wants to climb up into his car seat. So he's climbing oh. into the car and climbing into his seat. <laughs> um, and every time we walk by the car, he wants to open the door and get in. So like this morning, he's like, okay, climbed in. And we got to kinder care and he's looking at all the like the playground stuff. And he's like pretty involved, excited and stuff. And we walk in and they take his temperature and then I hand him, okay, because you can't go past the first door. That's part of the COVID thing. Um, and I hand him to her, and he just starts screaming and reaching for me. And all I can do is just say, sorry, and walk away, because you the longer I'm there. To. It makes it yep. worse. The longer you hang, the worse it is. Oh, it I've was been the teacher on the other side of that, and it is. Yep. So, so we true. just walked away. And then just watched our apps all day long saying, okay, give us an update. Give us an update. <laughs> and he did totally fine. He, you know, had a good lunch, had a good nap. Um, they took videos of him because they haven't seen him in like three and a half, four months. So he's using his words that, you know, they, way more often than he ever did there. So he took a little uh-oh video because he was just sitting on the floor dropping things and just saying uh-oh over and over. They thought it was so cute. So... And then at the end, he was screaming that he didn't want to leave. Yep, that's that's the way. Yep. So day one, successful. I remember what we did this weekend. Now oh, we got a do? new car. Oh, we got a car a that new fits car. our whole family in it. When uh, it's not actually a new car; it's a used car, but it's new to us. <laughs> you just um, slipped your mind. We like we haven't driven it anywhere, <laughs> we went and we bought it, and now it's just sitting there. <laughs> but that's fair. Um, that's fair. We realized uh, when we have the baby a few weeks after that, we were thinking of taking a trip out to Michigan to visit Spencer's mom because they're super isolated out there. Um, she's been taking some vacation time with her company, so we're like, oh, good, you know, we can go out there and be really, you know, away from everything. And Spencer finally figured out that we can't fit everyone in the car. He's like, if we're going to go visit my mom, we have the new baby, the toddler, the dog, and all of our things. That's not going to fit in a Civic. I was like, yeah, I've been telling say. you this since like <laughs> April or <laughs> since like November, I think, actually, <laughs> was when I was like, we need a new car. <laughs> yeah, it's the dog that really puts you over the oh, yeah. over that. Yeah, because we are going to keep the Honda. We have a Honda Accord and... We hold we're on to the about, Civic. We've got yeah, two cars. We're talking we're a two about car family a, now. Yeah, well, we have two cars, um, and we're talking about trading in one and getting like a minivan. But well, the baby's little. I think we're fine in the Honda. It's it'll be fine. Um, so eventually yeah, as long we'll as switch don't have out. A but dog. we don't. <laughs> yeah, we don't have a dog. We have the but exact opposite anyway. like, issue. <laughs> before we move on, we just so the car that we just got was super cheap. It's a two thousand Mercury Mountaineer. Which is a giant car. It's like a, it's, it's, a, <laughs> it's an SUV, and yeah, like it's just the two a, of us. Um, and now we have a, a little puppy, but it's huge. <laughs> Don't worry, she'll get bigger. <laughs> yeah, she will. And we live in the we city. Got the uh. um, GMC Acadia, which is huge. 
third rows of seats, like truck bed wheels. It's huge. It's ridiculous. Trailer so this- hitch, toes a boat. We don't have a boat, but we can tow one. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to decide if this is tabletop puppy talk, toddler talk, or car talk. Uh, it's table talk. Let's not let Chris talk about paint for an hour talk. <laughs> <laughs> tabletop, everything's no, made out of the topics paint. don't matter talk. <laughs> <laughs> We've already done that episode. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about painting miniatures. Okay. Talk about paint drying. So, <laughs> yes. This is going to be as as exciting as listening to paint dry. It'll be more exciting than that, I promise. Sort of. Um, but no, this this uh, I did two things this week. Uh, one of them was I took the week off so I could watch Zachary because we didn't have a babysitter and daycare wasn't open yet. Um, and two was I didn't actually set up any time to play games with you guys online because I was busy painting. And I accidentally just started organizing all my miniature games and started painting a bunch of stuff. So... Are you nesting? Because this sounds like the kind of behavior I've been accidentally doing all week. (laughs) I think it was... I don't know exactly what got me to start pulling things out, but it started with Mythic Mythic Battles Pantheon, which is this huge miniatures dueling game. And it's all Greek mythology. And there's like 100 and, I don't know, 130, 140 miniatures. Uh, Most of them are like unique gods, heroes, or monsters. And I was just sorting everything out because I hadn't opened any of the boxes yet. And I started putting it all together. And I'm like, I want to paint these, but I can't possibly do that. Like, I can't paint this many miniatures for a game I've only played once and that Sydney didn't actually like. (laughs) So I'm like, but I am still going to sort everything and I'm going to... I'm going to have a plan. So I do have a plan. We're going to revisit that in, a, in a, a little later. So then I started pulling out my Zombicide stuff. Because even though Gen Con was canceled, we are doing our own little mini Gen Con with some friends. And we are listing games that we're all going to bring. So there's five of us that are rented an Airbnb in Pittsburgh. Because it's between the two locations. So we're going to drive to Pittsburgh um, in mid-July. You can say hi and to Zombicide Aunt Gretchen. Was- I, I'm gonna say hi to Aunt Gretchen. Um, <laughs> so, Zombicide Invaders was on the list, and I had done some painting of the base game, but I'm like, well, I have all these Kickstarter um, extra, the extra pack, and I want to paint that too. So, I'm like, I pulled those out to paint those, and then the Cthulhu game. I've painted most of the monsters, except for season two monsters, but I haven't painted any of the investigators because there's 39 of them, and that's just too many. Talk amongst yourself for a second. I'm going to clear my throat. <laughs> Are you clearing your throat with? <laughs> um, with I'm clearing my throat with spotted cow. We made a trip to Wisconsin. <laughs> okay. <this weekend>. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that looks like spotted cow, but it's in a can. I, well, because cans travel more. Um, but that, right, they so, travel anyway. more. <laughs> They travel easier. Not better. I can get 24 cans. (laughs) 24 bottles just is a lot more space. Not better or or easier. (laughs) They just, they're, you know, they're more worldly. (laughs) They are more worldly. They roll easier. I can put it into a class. (laughs) Anyway, so I wanted to play my Cthulhu stuff, but 39 miniatures is a lot. And I've never done that many miniatures for a game ever. Arcadia Quest, I had a lofty goal, and I think I painted, I don't know, 12 um, of the hundred or so characters for that. So I'm like, well, I have some time. 
after Zachary goes down, I'm just going to start painting some of these. So I, I pulled out five of them, and I just started painting them all at the same time. And it turned out I was able to get five done in about three hours. And I'm like, oh, all right. Well, if I paint them in groups, it's not so bad. So then I did another four, got that done in, again, less than three hours. Awesome. So I'm like, well, if I can do four or five in less than three hours, how many? How fast can I do nine? The answer is about six hours, um, which led me to spend three nights in a row staying up till four o'clock in the morning. But I was able to get through 36 investigators doing nine a day, basically, for the last four days. And it felt awesome. Like, I would just sit down and just start painting. I'd listen to podcasts, watch TV shows, and, you know, whatever passes the time. Um, It was great. But I still have all the zombie side stuff. So I painted 80 zombie side characters on top of that. I did that a little different, though. Kitty, you look like you are hesitant. Or is it just hiccups? It's just hiccups. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird. He's looking at me like... (laughs) it's so uncomfortable i'm sorry growing a human is weird (laughs) only four more weeks yeah Um, actually three only three more weeks (laughs) all good can you make it to the 200th episode that's the real question uh depends on what day my doctor decides to induce me (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna be a race (laughs) if the baby cooperates with that plan (laughs) (laughs) um so i painted 80 zombie side characters as well and those I did a little differently. I did not paint those to any kind of detail. Um, I actually just went to Meyer, uh, which is our local kind of a Walmart type of store, and grabbed some spray paint, like just some household <laughs> spray paint, primer and paint in one, double coverage, and split them up by their types. And each type had a different color and just sprayed painted them those colors and then let it dry um if you want to see those there's a thread on board game geek under zombie side invaders titled um i painted all the miniatures in two hours (laughs) which is essentially what i did but uh so that is how i painted 116 miniatures in one week so that's just the beginning of this conversation my question to you guys um, or basically my question, yeah, to both of you. Fletcher, you first, because I know the answer to Kitty, but I don't think I know the answer <laughs> for you. What have you done painting-wise? Like miniature painting? Have you done any miniature painting or anything like that? Um, I have tried to paint a miniature before with my friend. So back when I was like in middle school, my friend had, he was really, he was really into Warhammer. Um, and he was really good at like painting miniatures. Um, and I was actually surprised when he like bought a new set one time that they all came unpainted because I didn't know anything about Warhammer. And I was like, wait, what? Like, he was like, oh no, you like, you paint these, like you can paint them whatever you want. You can paint them your colors or come up with your own color scheme. And I was like, oh, and I was like, this seems like work. Like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> I don't know. And he was like, he's like, you can help me if you want. And I was like, okay. So I like grabbed a miniature and I like started painting it. Uh, with like a base he was like here use this as like a base coat and i was like okay and then after like a few minutes i was like yeah no this is not this is not for me i, I don't like <laughs> this doing is not this. for me <laughs> this is not for me and i was like I, uh can we just like play the game like to to me this is not this is not fun this is not the game um so that's kind of like i've never really that's always been my mentality and i had that like one little experience and i was like yeah i'd rather just play the game as to me it's like this is a game but I don't want to like paint it. I don't want to like come up with all this <laughs> stuff. And I realize that that's a lot of fun for like 
for a bunch of people. I have a good friend now, a different friend, actually. For someone. Yeah, for someone, for some crazy folk out there. Um, I have a really good friend now, <laughs> different person, who's also super into Warhammer, and he loves painting all the miniatures, and they're done super, super well um, with, like, like fake battle scars and stuff like that, like wear and tear and everything. And it looks amazing. Um, but to me, it's like, yeah, I'm not really into painting these things. I just, I'd rather play the game. Otherwise, I'd be into like model building, right? Like, that's a thing with no game aspect. You can buy models and then put them together and paint them. I'm not into that. Has a great subreddit. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there is... I was listening to the Covenant cast this week, which is another reason why I wanted to do this episode, because something they said, they were kind of talking tangentially about this, um, about their opinion as well. They are essentially, they do topical stuff now. They kind of copy our format now. Um, I don't think they know we <laughs> exist, but they copy our format now. They used to be talk a lot more about anything Fantasy Flight. That was, you can find it there. But now they're a little more topical, and they were talking about engaging with a game outside of the game. And because their background was in card games, the way you do that, like with Magic the Gathering, you engage with that game even when you're not playing it by building decks. Um, with any living card game, that's what you're doing. With X-Wing, which are pre-painted miniatures, you can build you know, whatever your squads are, those types of things. And to them, they had that same idea that why would you play a miniature game that you have to paint when you can play this card game where I can play 15 games in the time it takes you to paint your army for your miniature, for your miniature game, right? Until they started doing it, and then they're like, oh, this is the way you can engage with the game outside of the game. And it's it's kind of a creative outlet, like this zen-ish creative outlet, where you can pretty much do whatever, like listen to a book, listen to a podcast, um, watch a TV show by more listen than watch, but, you know, pretty much anything you want, or just sit there in silence. Although I don't know many people who would paint like that, but, <laughs> and it, it is a way of engaging with that game outside of it. And they are not board gamers. They have very, very little knowledge of board games. But what I was doing while listening to this podcast was organizing my miniatures. Like, I was organizing my Mythic Pantheon stuff, which I've never played, but I spent four days, literally four <laughs> days, organizing this game. And I'm like, yeah, I'm engaging with this game while not playing it, and this is enjoyable to me. It's actually, you know, it's fun to sort stuff out. And I think anyone who has like a huge board game collection or just a board game that has a lot of components will do that. You know, organiza organization, blinging things out, doing stuff outside the game is a way of engaging with that game without playing it. And painting is kind of one of those major ways of doing that. So, that that's my response to this isn't for me. It's not playing the game type of thing. And I agree. I mean, a long time I'm like, eh, I don't want to take the investment it takes to paint this stuff, especially if I'm not going to play it a lot. Um, but I eventually, it, it just it's so much nicer when you do paint it, and the game's just so much more engaging. But can I want to switch over to you for a second? Um, your <laughs> painting experience. Yes. So um, I think I fall more into this category that Anne just brought up in the chat, which is people who actually enjoy painting just for the sake of painting, because it is like a craft or hobby. So I really like painting, but I have painted exactly one miniature, and I spent at least seven hours painting that one miniature. And I love it, and it's beautiful, 
And if we were going to actually play a uh, campaign again, I would go on, uh, what is it, Hero Forge and build my own miniature and paint it and love it forever. But, you know, for me, I don't need another hobby. (laughs) (laughs) I have so many hobbies. And like the problem that I have with getting into painting would be I can't do it casually. I can't paint 116 miniatures in a week. I I need to focus on the detail. I love the attention to detail. I love using different techniques, make it look worn, make it look shiny and new, make everything look beautiful. And um, I, I also think Spencer would just murder me if I tried to bring any more crafting supplies into this house. I think it would be <laughs> like, n- no, just no. I have... Every nook and cranny of this house is full of embroidery floss and yarn and <laughs> sewing supplies, knitting needles, crochet hooks. You know, it's I, I can't take on more hobbies. All right. Um, <laughs> let's focus on what you said where you have to like you, you want to take it to perfect, right? Uh-huh. So what's the phrase is that perfection is the enemy of good or perfect? Something like something along those lines. Yeah. Or perfect is the enemy of complete. Sure. Yeah, that sounds more like a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you know, if if you're trying to be perfect every time, you're you're rarely ever going to finish because no one ever looks at their stuff and says, "Okay, that's perfect." Um, sometimes you might, Kitty might, but typically, you you can just fiddle with this stuff forever and ever and ever. Now, your first model taking seven or eight hours—that is not uncommon, especially at the detail that we were doing for our D and D characters. Yeah, that will quickly get down to two hours. So typically, if I'm doing a detailed character, what I could do in eight hours when I first started, I can do in two hours now. And if I'm really pushing it and taking some shortcuts, I can do it in you know about an hour, depending on the model. Um, however, still, if I'm talking 36 investigators, well, 39, technically, I'm not, I still have three to do for the Cthulhu ones. But if I'm talking, you know, 40 investigators, that's 40 hours. That's a full-time job for a week. <laughs> Of staring at tiny figures. That's a lot of commitment. And why am I doing it? Like, what am I getting out of this? Are you having fun? Painting? (sighs) Sometimes. Sometimes I'll get done with a figure and I'll be like, wow, this turned out really, really cool. Other times I'm doing it just so I can be done with that figure. It's like, eh, this isn't an interesting model or I'm not super crazy about this character or whatever. But just for completeness sake, I want to get it done. I will say it's a lot like exercise, where while you're doing it, it's not all that enjoyable. It's more enjoyable than exercise. I'd rather paint than exercise. But while you're doing it, it's not all that enjoyable. But when you're done, you look at it and you have like a sense of completion. You're like, all right, that was really cool. And I would snap a picture of the the, each Every nine batch I would do, I'd snap a picture and send it to our group that we're going to be um, playing this game with in July. And that's really what motivated me, is I wanted to have all this stuff done so that when we played in person, I had everything ready to go. Um, And I was only going to do like nine and then give it a break and do some more. And I just started every night starting nine more. And the, the advantage of doing nine at a time is I could share colors. So I would do a color, and then I would touch all the models with that color and do all of that. And I would go back, and I would just do that over and over and over. And what happened was I cut off probably a good 40% of painting time overall had I done each model individually. So I was doing them a lot faster than I expected. Like, I say six hours, and you know, basically I would do from like 10 p.m. to 4 a.m. is 
my painting times. I'm a night person. And I would get it all done. But in reality, six hours for nine miniatures that would normally take, you know, an hour and a half to two hours a piece, not that bad. So I was making good. But (laughs) yeah, it's still crazy. Um, Now, the zombie side stuff, though, that to me is something that I think everyone could do. If you have a board game with a lot of miniatures. Um, So there's a few things I want to talk about with painting board game miniatures versus D&D miniatures. So when you painted your D&D miniature, um, you didn't do any basing, right? You didn't do anything special with the base? I don't think so. Just a straight solid color. I think it was terrain because I had a horse. And probably it was probably like um, molded like, terrain into the model, though, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't add any fuzzy no. hairs or anything. Yeah. Nope. Um, but Fletcher, when you were doing 40K, I bet you most of those 40K models had like grass and shrubbery or rocks or whatever at the base yeah, of the model. Did. It was like this whole yeah. kind of like a like platoon of like little guys that were, I don't know, square grid kind of thing. Right. I don't know anything about well, it, but, but it did have like times, all this stuff. Yeah. So what what that's referred to, so there's a few parts of the model that you can be painting. Um, so the model itself, that's one. And then the base itself is another thing. And some people will take the base and that'll be its own project. You'll put shrubs on it. You'll put little, you'll go out, you'll get sand to texture it. Um, you might get some pebbles to glue on there and, you know, for rocks texture and things like that. Um, for miniature board games... Well, for miniature wargaming, there's no board. It's just freeform movement. Um, that's fine. You know, cool. Do do that. For a board game, though, when I see people do that, I'm like, why? You ruin the ability. And if you do do that, that's totally fine. I'm just saying why. Um, Ruined it. But you ruin the ability. Yeah. Well, so when I'm painting board game miniatures, I'm painting them to make the game more playable. More enjoyable as well. It's more fun to look at, but really more playable. With the bases, what I'll use for my bases, and I'll actually color code all the bases to what they are. So all my character bases might be a silver or a gold. All the monster bases might be red. If there's different types of monsters, I'll use different colors to indicate different types of monsters or whatever. That way, at a glance, I can look down and immediately see what character is supposed to be doing what. So with Zombicide, you have four different base zombies um and normally on the board once you get a bunch of them it's just a bunch of gray plastic and you're trying to like sort through the different molds it's like is that a runner or is that a walker maybe it's a i don't remember is that a tank let's start comparing things side by side i'm gonna blame one of my worst table flipper moments on this conundrum because when we were playing blood rage there are two monsters and i thought one was the other because they look like giant gray blobs and that's it exactly And all the monsters just have the monster color ring. And it's like, they all look the same. I don't know. So I didn't think the one with the ability that it had was out there. Well, and for something like Blood Rage, that's one where I would actually go and paint each of the monsters to match what their card looks like. Yeah. So you can immediately look at it and say, okay, I know what this is. I don't have to rely on my, what kind of, what gray blob is that one? (laughs) There's also so many fewer monsters than there are (laughs) in so many miniature games. It's a much more manageable task. Yep. I think what I would do for Blood Rage, there's a few different things. Depending on how much you love the game, there's a few levels that you can take things. Um, And that's really what I wanted to talk to, because there's one other... So Arcadia Quest is another game I've painted. I've talked about that multiple times. The characters I've, I've done detail work on. But the monsters, I did what we call, you know, 
in in the in the hobby um, washes <laughs> over white. So what you do is you prime the miniature white. And then you use a colored wash, which flows into the crevices, so it makes um, recesses darker Shadowy and highlights. Effect. Yeah, it adds a shadow to it. So you wash over white, and what that does is it creates a very, very simple one coat way of giving some detail to the model. And a lot of my um, Cthulhu stuff, all the monsters are painted this way. I'll probably end up going over those and painting with a little more detail later. But um, for my Arcadia Quest monsters. I just, you know, chose a th- usually one main color and then an accent color and just did a quick pass and paint them. And it makes it so much easier to tell what they are. And I could do the same thing with something like Blood Rage, where I spray wash spray pr- or spray prime all of the monsters. Mm-hmm. And then I do a quick wash over them to make the color match their card. So at a glance, you can see what's going on. And it only takes a few hours to get all of that stuff going. And you don't need any talent. You really do not need any talent. You need a place where you can spray paint. You need to live in a place where you can buy spray paint because um, <laughs> it's actually in a lot of cities. It's spray paint is illegal. in the city of Chicago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so even spray primer, um, it's, it's hard to get. I had to go um, by my parents' house when we were trying to just label our garbage cans. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, but once you have that, you can also do brush on primers too. That works mm-hmm. too. It just takes a lot longer. Um, but once you have that done, now you, when you put these miniatures on the map, they're like, oh, I know what these are. And when you're painting characters, you don't need the colored rings on them anymore. Because now even, you know, you pick your Arcadia Quest characters and typically you'll put three colored rings on them. So you're just like, okay, these are mine. But you don't need to do that once they're painted because... That's mine, obviously. It's painted the color of my characters. Nobody's going to mistake it for anything. Yeah, which is great because those rings never fit all of the models the same <laughs> way. They constantly fall off or you're trying to force one in at the beginning of the game and it's just awful. I think we we're playing um, Betrayal. <laughs> one of the figures just doesn't fit in any of the rings and then you just kept leaving the ring behind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's the one without the ring. But yeah. I mean, Betrayal is a good one, too, where there's only five miniatures in yeah. there. You know, if you play that game a bunch of times, you might as well spend, you know, a few hours painting them. Um, we'll talk about how to get into painting in a in a, in a bit, but because uh, it's not super cheap, but it doesn't have to be super expensive either. I'm going to say spoiler alert, it's spend a bunch of money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's it's gotten more and more affordable. Um, mm-hmm. There is a lot of companies out there that want you to spend a lot of money to do this. You don't need to do that. You just need a little bit of time. And I'm again, not there's a really good reason. You have a really good reason not to paint. Fletcher has a moderate okay reason not to paint. <laughs> <laughs> My reason's better, Fletcher. Let's give Chris more judgments to make. <laughs> Wait, so your reason is that Spencer is going to kill you if you bring home more arts and crafts stuff? Yeah. I, okay. I don't have a place to set up and have paints and own things yeah so in my would, sub 900 square foot apartment i have tons <laughs> no, of room no, no, no. <laughs> i'm gonna give so you don't need much space um i'll, I'll tell you how to do that in a second too I, i'm giving kitty a, a pass just because she has a lot of other hobbies that she does oh you're right so i have zero hobbies on, i just stare at the wall all day <laughs> i'm hey it's it's okay you're the one who said yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> We don't judge you. Um, I, mean, I got a yes, puppy or do, anything. But... 
Puppies are easy. Hey, I have a small child. I actually I cannot paint when he's awake. That's that's one thing I cannot do. I think you said that puppies are harder than children. <laughs> um, they are, but you can actually put puppies in a cage and not have Child Protective Services come at you. <laughs> That's so true. yeah, there's that. <laughs> um, yeah, but your dog won't watch Paw Patrol with such enthusiasm. So that's true. I don't know if that's a positive or negative though. <laughs> Anne says playpen, which is basically a cage. Of my child would not tolerate a playpen for any length of time. My child, although that's vault himself out of any. <laughs> That's, that's not entirely area. <laughs> that's not entirely true we do have the living room gated off so it's like a giant playpen and he will sit in there and play with his toys and read his books well flip through the pages of the books anyway for a good hour or two but i still wouldn't <laughs> paint in that situation that's when i was actually doing all the organizing because i was able to do that just in the other room and at any point i could walk over if something yeah. if he was getting fussy or something um, my child has learned that if he stands at the baby gate and yells mom not a lot happens but if he yells my name I'll stand there and yell kitty <laughs> <laughs> i'm so startled by it every time that i accidentally acknowledge him but usually it's just to say like hey you call me mom <laughs> Yeah, Zachary hasn't started saying mama and data or any equivalent yet. So I'm like, okay, fine. But to get our attention, no screeching. You can say hi, say hi, and then we'll pay attention to you. So I'm trying <laughs> no, to I transition. Get, mom, 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 <laughs> mama, mom, kitty? <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like that yep. gopher he meme or whatever. Spencer by his name, too. It's so funny every time. Oh. Uh, Good times. You've completely lost. I have no idea where I was anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Not painting well. He's awake. Yeah. Uh, Children is a but, really tough one. Yeah. And honestly, I rarely paint when Sydney's awake. Because if if he's down and we're both up, like I kind of like to hang out. Although the last few days, she's had to do work. And the office, her workspace and my painting space are right next to each other. So I'm like, oh, we get to hang out in the same room, even though we're not talking to each other at all. <laughs> Physical but proximity still, is important, too. Yeah. Um, but that's why I, I usually paint from, like, 10 to 4, because that way I don't feel like I'm neglecting anyone until the morning comes along and he wakes up and she has to get up with him. And then I feel guilty when I get up and I'm like, okay, I'll take over now. <laughs> hey, every but, family, I feel like, has a morning parent and an evening parent. <laughs> I, I am I not am a not, morning parenter. <laughs> yeah, I have never been a morning person. Um, I will get up with them when I need to. Yeah, but it's it's not something I want to do. It's it's just like uh, I but would I'm much rather stay up four or five in the morning. Bedtime. Yep. Bedtime well, is my job. <laughs> I'm gonna sound like a terrible parent, but she does bath time. Um, I do dinners. I do dinners yeah. and usually like afternoon hey, time and stuff. Split but, works for you. Yeah, but all right. So let's talk about what you need to paint. Um. <laughs> You do need paint, and you need brushes, and that's about it. Do you need specific kinds of paint? So I will say yes. Don't go to Blick and get craft paint. Um, Well, there are some tutorials online that will say yes, you can paint. Uh, Like uh, Blick, uh, don't go to an art supply shop and buy craft paint. Um, These are crepe paints that usually come in like one ounce to two ounce bottles, and they're like very thick acrylic paint. Uh, They're not very good for 
miniature painting. So like I say, some people will swear like, oh yeah, I can do it. And you can, it's just, it's not going to turn out all that well. Um, if I was to recommend somebody get everything they need in a very reasonable amount, and I'm on literally on Amazon right now, um, <laughs> it's the Army Painter Miniature Painting Kit. Um, this kit comes with 50 different paints, and so it also paints. comes with... Uh, it's so many paints, but it, it covers all the color spectrum. It has some metallic paints in there. So there's five different metallic colors that have like the actual metallic reflecting in there. And then there's four washes and washes are kind of the, um, the best I've ever heard is it's talent in a bottle. So <laughs> it makes painting so easy. Essentially what you do is you take the model and you apply a base coat. So you just pick the colors you want and it's like a coloring book. The model itself is a 3D page on a coloring book. A little coloring book, but that's all it really is. You paint in the lines the colors you want. That's it. Solid colors. That's fine. And then you take the wash and you just cover the whole model in this wash. And it'll tint everything. It'll shadow everything. You'll see different highlights coming up. It makes it look like you knew what you were doing. And that is the, the style I use for practically everything I do is base coat and wash. And you'll find that style you can find a zillion tutorials on how to do that it used to be um games workshops like go to you would prime base coat wash and then you dry brush um you can skip the dry brushing it makes it look a little cool but it's it is completely optional it's, i think it, it depends the on the highlights. look you're going for because i oh, yeah, think dry 100%. brushing really gives it a more aged kind of worn look yeah you can do all kinds of cool things. So you can make it age, you can highlight, you can you can do a ton of things. There's all kinds of different techniques you can do to bring that level up. But I would say for a beginning painter, don't worry about any of that. <laughs> Washes over a base coat and you will be startled at, yeah, at how good you can make something look in a really short period of time. Now, this set, this is, like I say, 50 bottles of paint. And I, I think it also comes with um, at least one brush, but possibly three... It looks like just one brush. Um, there's three brushes that you'll probably want. You'll want a a, a, light, a a kind of a thicker brush that you can hit big areas. You'll want a tiny brush where you can hit the detail areas. And then you'll want a dry brush for when you get to that point. But really, you want a detailed brush and you want a thick brush. Um, but this whole kit is $125. That's it. And you'll have 50 pot bottles of paint that will last you for 15 years. Like, you will never have to... Most of my paints are about 15 years old now, and I still am using the same paints. Like, this stuff just lasts forever. So it's it feels expensive when you first get into it, but in, in reality, I say, it's you're going in it for the long haul. But that's how you get into it. And I have a, um, a uh, nail polish bottle rack that I put all my paint in. Oh, I forgot about my nail art hobby as well. Oh, <laughs> so you got, you got lots of creative I have too hobbies. many hobbies already. But like, if you just get a nail polish rack and you put all the bottles of paint in it, now what you do is everything's in the rack. When you want to paint, you pull out the rack, you put it on your kitchen table, and you're good to go. Um, look up online how to make a wet palette, which is really just a wet paper towel under a piece of parchment paper. That's it. And that's your palette. Never... Uh, again, I, I don't like using absolutes, but I but almost never <laughs> <laughs> I almost never would recommend using a dry palette. And most people, once they've used a wet palette, will never go back to a dry palette. The difference is when a dry palette, this is what you would typically see it again at an art store. You're seeing like white plastic with little um, pockets in it. That's fine for painting canvas where you can put a lot of paint. 
but with a little bit of paint, which is what you want to use for miniatures, you don't want to use, it just dries out so fast. I mean, it also depends on what kind of paint you're using. I know a lot of actual artists will use a wet palette when they're working with acrylics because acrylics just work dry so fast. Like Exactly. Um, but if you're using oil paints or something that has a super long drying time, then why bother? Yeah, then, then you can use your art. But for, for what we're doing for miniature painting, you want a, you want a wet palette. And like I said, it's so easy. Take a paper towel, fold it into a square, get it sopping wet, and put a piece of parchment paper over top of it. Typically, as soon as you put the parchment paper on one side, it'll curl up, flip it over, spread it out, and then boom, <laughs> there's your wet palette. Um, it just, everything works great from there. But I, I this isn't a really, I'm not trying to teach how to paint on a podcast. That would be sort of ridiculous. <laughs> but I want to give you the idea of how easy it is to get into. There's not that many steps. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't take up a lot of space. It does take up some time. Um, the priming is probably the hardest to get that mind barrier past, past that barrier, past that mindset. If you have to use spray primer, that's scary for a lot of people. Don't start out with spray primer. Start out with brush on primer and you'll be fine. It's just, you just need to paint the plastic with a a type of white, or you can use black too. I like white personally. A type of paint that sticks to plastic and then allows the other paint to stick on top of it. Because paint does not want to stick to plastic usually. So that's why you have to prime it first. Um, there are some pre-primed miniatures and stuff that you can get for role-playing games and things. But board game miniatures are never going to be pre-primed. You have to prime those miniatures. Otherwise, you're going to have a real hard time getting to paint the stick. Again, someone will argue someplace that, well, this paint here will stick to anything. And that's true. All of that is true. Um, but it's, yeah, you prime your models. Gives so, you a more even finish. It, yeah, it just everything everything's easier with a primer. Everything model. should be primed, not just everything in miniatures, primed. but anything you're painting in life. <laughs> in life, Wine, if you're painting, everything. you should be priming. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. No, it's it's definitely true. Yep. Um. So yeah, that's all there is to it. But now, what I really want to talk about is why do this at all? <laughs> like, why? Right. I, first of all, I want to know why board game manufacturers always just use gray. And again, they don't always do it. Every once in a while, they'll use another color. But it's usually like one other color. And it's not enough distinction between the model types. But they do it anyway. And it's it's so frustrating. Maybe <laughs> spend because the extra it, couple it, dollars. and If it was like a crazy other color, maybe it would mess up the paint or something. Like you'd have to get a thicker coat on or something. Like if it was like bright canary yellow. That's what your primer's for, though. Your primer will cover up anything. Like, the primer is going to cover that gray. It's going to cover, you know, whatever color your miniature is. If you're priming it with a white or a black or a gray, those are typically your three different colors of primers. Um, it'll cover up whatever it, colors underneath. If you're not priming it, then you're going to have a hard time getting anything to stick to it anyway. But game board game manufacturers, they're not making miniatures to paint. They're making miniatures so they can say, hey, look, this game has 500 miniatures. Buy it on Kickstarter. And everything's going to be gray. Oh, don't do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what? I, basically, we, we briefly touched on it. The number one reason is to make the game more playable, right? It just looks better. Well, I guess that's the number two reason. It looks better. But number one is, is the game becomes more playable if you can identify the figures on the board more quickly. We all just you look stopped like you to read Miles' comment, I think. <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> What'd Miles say? Oh, Miles says white for light black, white for light black for dark. For primers. 
If you want a light color finish, then start white. If you want a dark final color, start black. This reduces the amount of paint time required to paint. A hundred percent, that is what people say. And I will say you can make you can like make any you prime white you can make it black dark is this fine the only real thing that I've seen for priming black is you don't have to be as careful because anything you miss will automatically become shadow because it's black if you prime white anything you miss you're gonna have these white crevices Glaring. all over the place bright yeah. spots that's that's the big thing i find on black though if you want to go light it's a lot harder um where white going dark is actually pretty easy you it's you just use a darker paint um but again i don't want to like this is one of those <laughs> yeah i mean it's one of those things where um i've taken a bunch of classes from a bunch of different people and all of them are have their own style which is fantastic because what you do is you learn from all the different styles and you find out what you like best. Um, what my actual style is, as I prime white, I wash black. So the black goes into all the crevices and then all of the detail pops out of the miniature and then I paint the miniature. It takes a little bit more time, but it gives me a lot more detail and I can see things a lot better. Um, that's neither here nor there <laughs> right now because, again, <laughs> not trying to teach over a podcast. Just trying to say... If you paint these things, even if you do my zombie side thing where you just paint, spray paint it, literally, grab a can of spray paint off the shelf at Walgreens. Walgreens? Walmart. Walgreens. Walmart. Walmart. Some place that has paint. Walmart. Um, (laughs) When you put those miniatures on the board, you are going to see a difference in how easy it is to play that game. If you have characters and you do nothing else except for paint the bases, just the bases of the miniatures, you will see a difference in how easy it is to play that game. Um, my zombie side, uh, Black Plague, I only painted the bases. So I painted you know green, yellow, orange, red for the different zombies. That alone, I brought that to a convention. And a guy who had been playing the game for years, he looks at this, he's like, oh, wow, that this changes everything. <laughs> Because it's just so much easier to see what's going on. Yeah. So, and, you know, it's a way of engaging with your favorite game outside of, well, it doesn't have to be your favorite game, but Any engaging game. with board games. Yeah. Yeah. Outside engaging of, with you know, your hobby. actual playing. Yes. Outside so of meeting the, other people to play with. Yep. That's why I keep you around. You're um, <laughs> <laughs> so, Fletcher, if we did a painting party and I said, come on over, bring a D&D miniature, I'm going to teach you how to paint. Is that something you're like, nope, absolutely 100% not into painting. I'll play D&D with you, but I'm not going to paint my miniature. Or would it be like, okay, fine. If everyone's doing it, it's a group activity. I'll think about it. Everyone's doing it. Uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> I'd, I'd participate. I mean, it wouldn't be like my first thought. I was like, hey, let's all gather around and paint this stuff. But I mean, <laughs> literally, watch if I'm there that. with my friends, I'd be like, okay, you know, I'll give it another shot, whatever. Um, it's also really fun when you customize your miniature. Um, we are not at all sponsored by Hero Forge. I just think it's a really fun website. <laughs> so it is fun. If yeah. you play D and D seriously and you want to do it, do it. It's so much fun. Actually, I've not done this. Yeah, you painted yeah. my one miniature from Forge, Chris. Yeah, he broke well, my we- miniature from Hero Forge. Um, in my defense, <laughs> that was when they did really fragile miniatures. <laughs> They're much better now. Uh, but yeah, we did a D&D <laughs> game at work, 
And everyone went to Hero Forge and created their miniatures. And I remember saying, all right, now we have all these little black plastic miniatures all over the place. Um, Please, for the love of God, let me take these home and paint them. (laughs) And everyone's like, well, maybe. So I did two and I brought those back. And then everyone's like, okay, you can take mine too. (laughs) Because it makes such a big difference when they're like sitting there. So, um, but yeah, I don't know. As Hero a very Forge. visual person, I think that having painted miniatures really helps me visualize the situation much better. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've n- oh, oh, there was a, I was going to say something. I've never done this, but, and then unless everyone hanging. <laughs> um, uh, but you could replace some board game miniatures with Hero Forge miniatures. Yeah. It's like, I want to create my custom whatever character for this board game. Yeah. If you're playing like... um. Arkham Horror or something? Oh. You- I'm giving Chris ideas. <laughs> you may have just cost me like $500. So here's the problem with Arkham Horror. Arkham Horror, the card game. Um, it has investigators, and some of those investigators overlap with other investigators from other lines in Final Fantasy, or in Fantasy Flight's um, line of Arkham investigators, but not all of them. So there's missing ones. So I have all the investigators that have the overlap, but I'm missing like a dozen that may never have an overlap. So this is killing my OCD. So I could go out and make those dozen on Hero Forge. But if I did that, that's going to be a different style. So now I need to go out and make all Recreate of them. all of them, yeah. Oh my God. And then print them all out at about 30 bucks a pop and then paint them all. At that and- point, you might as well buy your own 3D printer. And- <laughs> Yeah, but Hero Forge does do a better job. And the problem, like, actually, Hero Forge, you can download a 3D model too. So mm-hmm. if you just want to design it and download the model, you can do that. I think they still charge you like they 10 bucks. They still charge bucks, you but, a bit, but not yeah. nearly as much as if you have them print it and ship it. Yeah. But if you have a 3D printer, you could get you could print those out. Check your local so. library. My dad oh, yeah. sits over my shoulder. <laughs> not literally, I, but figuratively. <laughs> Almost all public uh, libraries our, now have digital or uh, 3D printers that you yeah, can... Our library has a 3D printer, and they use. charge you by the weight. So yep. you just get in the queue, and when you come back, it's like they weigh it, and that's how much it charges. And it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. It's barely more than like raw materials. Yeah. No, libraries are there to help people, like, yep. and... They don't make sense financially. So yeah. <laughs> go support Fun your fact, local library have, in any way you can. They're great places. Yeah, they have laser cutters as well. So like a lot of libraries will just, you go in and it's so like, oh, many here's the laser cutter. Resources. Yeah. Um, if you're researching anything, you want to make a big purchase, our library has a consumer reports subscription that you can use. Like all kinds of stuff. And now my public service announcement for libraries is over. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> All right. So that is my talking about painting board game miniatures. I, I really do recommend if you're doing lots of plastic on a, on a board type of games and it, just great plastic. So ugly. <laughs> Any, anything else can be better than gray plastic. Um, I'll put some pictures on Twitter basically right after we're done recording um, that shows a several different styles. So the different styles were washes over white, um, basically moderate detail. So my characters for Cthulhu death may die. And then Zombicide, which is just, you know, regular old spray paint, a chair spray paint um, attempts. So you can kind of see the different styles there, but so check out my Twitter. It is game master Chris and 
I will put those up shortly. If I remember where my miniature is, maybe I'll throw up a picture. Yeah, you're, it was really good. I think her hand fell off again, though. Yeah, she's really big. Yeah. And the one thing, it, it was a pewter a miniature. flag is the real yeah. problem. Well, it, we were painting pewter at the time. That was before I would paint plastic. I'm like, it's not worth painting plastic. Um, <laughs> but... Painting pewter is, it's actually very satisfying. There's a lot of weight to it. But trying to assemble pewter is a pain in the butt. And that miniature had a hand that needed to be assembled. The so tiniest that's, joint. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing I do not like doing. I do not like assembling miniatures. I hate Games Workshop for that very reason. Um, <laughs> or, uh, uh, what is it? Kingdom Death. Yeah. I literally gave the game away because of all the assembly that I had to do that yeah. Fletcher, Fletcher ended up doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you didn't give it to me, but... Uh, <laughs> well, they yeah. gave it to George, but you ended up putting it together. <laughs> <laughs> I started anyway. Um, yeah. It's... Yeah, it... Ugh. I will say that they're Shades by our series, though. They're all push fit. And those are actually not too bad to assemble. It's usually oh, anywhere it's from... a puppy. <laughs> there's a puppy in the camera. Oh, making great so radio. Cute. It is adorable. She is adorable. um all right let's answer one question before we go though okay because i carried over questions um oh okay now i need to know which one here um there was one that was really good i'm just gonna pull it off the top of my head and then we might answer another one because okay no i'm not gonna pull it off top of my head we're gonna answer christopher miller's questions uh so he has a few i put under miscellaneous First question was, ever played an 18xx game or a war game? Kitty? No. <laughs> Fletcher? Um, I don't know what 18xx is. Then you can say no. <laughs> 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 I just throw that out there. Uh, so 18xx are, it's a series of games set in 1800s, which are, if I understand correctly, stock trading games with railroads. Um, I have not I, played one. I think one. that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I have not played one. I'm not against playing one. Um, there's a bunch of them, and I don't think they're all by the same designer. I think it's just people will make 18xx games. They'll choose a year and make a stock trading game with railroads. Uh, so I have not played one of those. Uh, war games, it depends on what you call war gaming, but yes. Um, yeah, I've I mean, played Warhammer a, a few times. Yeah, war. Yeah. Um, any tactical miniatures game where you're you have a ruler out there could probably be considered a war game. Um, you know, Hero Clicks and X Wing are all war games. I enjoy them a little bit. I enjoyed them a lot more in high school than I do now because in high school you can just fight, you know focus on a particular hobby. But I thought it was kind uh, of fun. But this next one, I really like playing war yeah, games back fun. when I was in. Yeah, it's kind of fun, but it's like you you need to invest a lot of time. Like even if you. Like for me personally, even if I was like, I don't really want to paint these miniatures, it's, then you need a, f- a space that's like big enough and like you actually want to have like varied terrain because it matters. And then you look at like, how much do these things cost? Cause I was just using my friend's army and I was like, holy crap. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm 14 <laughs> years old and I cannot afford any of this. How does this guy have all of this stuff? Like, I can't. No. Yeah. So, too expensive. I had a friend who liked playing Warhammer. And she liked playing competitively, but she didn't like painting. But in order to play competitive Warhammer, you have to paint your models. And they have to have at least three colors on them. But that's that's the rule. They have to be painted with at least three colors. So she Napoleon styled it. She would she dipped it all, the model, in a full color. 
and then dipped it two thirds into another color and then one third <laughs> into another color. So it was three color painted and that was her model. Like that, that's what she did for when she was painting them. Um, so Christopher has another question here. What is a game that you hate, but the community loves? Um, my answer is obvious, but Kitty, do you have any idea of this? I need time to think. You start. All right. Um, and Fletcher, you think too. So my main one here, and I don't know if hate is the right word. Um, well, actually, Cards Against Humanity definitely falls in this category. I yeah. hate it. I don't know I if don't the community know the, at large loves it, though. I don't know that the hobbyist community yeah. loves it. But the gaming community, like your more casual gamers, absolutely do. Um, for me, more hobbyist related would probably be Terraforming Mars. Um, but I think hate's too strong a word. I just am not compelled to play the game, even though I own everything for it and really want to like it. It's just boring to me. It, it hurts. Um, but again, I want to try to like it and I want to play it a few more times before I can actually say that I hate it. Fletcher, any game that you hate that people Yeah, love? I mean, I, it, kind of like along your lines, I don't know if it's like the hobbyist community really like this, likes this game, but a lot of my uh, casual gamer friends do. They always want to pull out Exploding Kittens. And I'm like, this game oh, is barely say, a game. <laughs> it's, yeah. It has like, does it have more strategy than war? I'm not sure. It's like, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, it's let's play Exploding Kittens. And I was just like, to me, it's like at least um, Cards Against Humanity is like funny for the shock value once you like kind of like run out of. I don't, once you run out of shock value, it, it loses like some interest, but it's like interesting for the shock value at first. But I don't know. Exploding Kittens, I was like, this is neither funny nor that shocking, and it's not fun, but they want to play it all the time. Yeah, now I'll give it to you. What about you, Kitty? Not I Exploding would say Kittens. The community is torn on this one the mind. So do you, you do enjoy I it do or you not, hate it? No, I do oh, not oh, like it. You hate it. this one. Yeah. yeah. Do not enjoy, do not want to play. Um, I feel like I'm not alone in that opinion, but I'm also very much opposed by others in that opinion. So. Well, it won a ton of awards last year, so yeah. like the community as a whole does really enjoy it. All right, so the, the opposite question here is, are there games that the community loves, but you hate? Wait, what game is that you hate that the community loves? Okay, I think what he's trying to say, what <laughs> games do you love that the community hates? So community doesn't like it, but you really do like it. Um, this one might be a little trickier. Oh, I, I know. a lot of um, obscure titles I can come up with here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's a few of them. So, um, A Study in Emerald, I think, is a really good game. I don't know if the community hates it, but it certainly didn't get any kind of real buzz. Um, and then there's another one, um, oh, by the same designer as Dominion. Uh, temporum 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 Tempora. something along those lines Tempora. Yeah. tempora. that game i really really Shrimp like tempora. <laughs> tempora yeah that game i really 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 like but the community really doesn't seem to like it all that really? much um i don't know why i think it's just like you know it came after dominion by the same designer people expected more of it um i just I think like it's that game yeah it's a fun game so all right fletcher something that you really like that the average person does not uh and you can't say dt because be, that's become popular now yeah uh, this might be hard because I'm, I'm trying to think of like a game that i enjoy that people like don't enjoy overall and the only thing that like pops into my head is uh meal born because you're like why do you like this game 
but I like it. I haven't played <laughs> it in a long time, but I maybe it's just like so much of that built-in nostalgia for it that I played it so much on the computer way back when. But you're like, why is this game fun? Um, so I don't know if there's a lot of pent-up hate for this super old game, yeah. but that's the first thing that pops into yeah. my head. I mean, I know Kitty's obvious answer, but Kitty, what's your answer? Oh, what's my obvious answer? Because I'm not coming up with it. <laughs> uh, risk? Oh, I see. I think Risk has like become a nostalgia game for me. I don't know that I would actually. I mean, I played against computers a lot, but I don't know that I'd like want to play it against humans that I care for anymore. That <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep caring for after the fact. I want. I want to maintain relationships as an adult human. <laughs> That's the nice thing about having siblings is you can play Risk and Monopoly with them. Oh my and gosh! You, and you, still you have to not them. hate them forever. <laughs> Um, the only game I can think of, I don't know how it played to the community as a whole, but I know you and Josh sure did not enjoy playing herbalism with me. It's not that I don't like herbalism. It's fine. It's a fine, fine thing to do. <laughs> you can just hear the enthusiasm in his voice. <laughs> nah, I mean, I, I could also add as far as like games that I don't like that the community loves is pretty much any tile laying point gathering game for some reason those this games was a just don't game remember you're like switching the cards in the hand you always confuse oh. herbalism and herbaceous oh maybe i do do that yeah <laughs> um but another one for you though is probably werewolf or anything on those lines. oh yeah a lot of the more social of these social deduction games i like that the hobby has moved towards more deductive games less socially games yeah. More mechanically deductive versus yeah. socially deductive. Yeah. All right. We're going to do that. We still have some more questions. Um, I just want to add a few more because they're all so good. So we're going to answer one of these questions at the end of each episode until we're out of them. Um, also, feel free to send in more questions. I We like answering questions because they're fun. So that is my waxing poetically, longingly about painting board game miniatures. I have to paint three more. I'm not going to do it tonight because I actually have to work in the morning and I can't stay up till four o'clock and I have a podcast to edit and I will do it this week, but I won't be, it'll be a tricky one. Um, all right. So this is a show. You can follow us on Facebook <laughs> at slash tabletop game talk podcast, Twitter at tabletop game TLK, Kitty's Lawful Good Mom, Fletcher's Net Fletch. Um, I am Game Master Chris. Uh, check out iTunes or Apple Podcasts and leave us a review there. Or go to tabletopgametalk.com slash Patreon if you want to help support the show. Tabletop Game Talk is a proud member of the Dice Tower Network. Thanks for listening, and remember, we love your feedback. So email us with comments or questions about today's topic at feedback at tabletopgametalk.com. And finally, uh, we have credits being read by Joey. And again, I never listen to these before I play it, so <laughs> see what happens. Adam Harrison, the SGC, the Gifts of Games, Jason Strong, Terrence Melter, Stephen Seitz, Brian Arnold, Sean P. Kelly, C. Marie, Rudy Rudalu, Benjamin Heimowitz, Jerry Huang, Caleb O'Brien, Jennifer Gilbright, Justin Willard, Christopher Dong, Jason Marks, Jeremy Fisher, David Retke, Nick Kutstrux, David Sellers, Jason Rodney, Michael Yanikowski, Miles Clark, Sidney Lum, Bill Schwartzel, Ann Reynolds, Eric Huffman, Adrian Dong, Nate, Baz Flintham, Sean Peck, Eric Salander, Mike Smith, Joe Hoover, Timothy Gross, Jen Clotter, Jesse Wokokovic, Greg Hubert, Don Gilstrap, Chief Judd, Leon Verhost, Christopher Letko, John Lewis, Joe Rushstaff, 
Ron Nelson, Sarah Wentworth, Weatherman Keefe, Nicholas Lotus, Agnes Toth, Paul Raymer, Jimothy, Matthew Droke, Aaron Moore, Jesse Wheeler, Charles Pearson, David Rink, Sam Lassett Brown, Christopher Comstock, and the newest patrons. Well, it's not now, but he set me up. But anyway, <laughs> until next week, keep playing games and having fun. So Christopher says, when Kickstarter offered a painted minis option, while pricey, it is very tempting. Uh, the paint jobs are not awesome, but they are way better than what I would be able to do and take up much less time. So what Christopher's talking about here, this is from the chat, is um, basically whenever you have the option of getting painted minis in a Kickstarter, just always say yes. <laughs> the value is going to be way more than the price you pay for it. Because it's usually like 20 or $30 and they paint everything in some way or another. Just saying. <laughs>